Two Media Plus from the Mac Observer. We look at Apple in the digital media space, and I'm really excited today. Well, I may change my opinion on that in half an hour, but for the moment, I'm excited because I've let Jeff Gamut back. Welcome back, Jeff. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to be here because I just love getting to hang out with you. And in half an hour, I will still be able to say the same thing. I have no doubt. Yeah, no, we, we, it's always good to get to hang out. We don't get to do it in person anymore, but it's nice to chat. And we, we've got an interesting topic. So let's dive right into it. Of course, just before we start, of course, I don't think you needed an introduction, but just if for some new listeners, if you needed an introduction, Jeff, of course, used to host the Mac Observer's Daily Observations podcast for many years and is still very much a member of the Mac Observer family. And what we wanted to talk about today is the new Apple podcast called The Line. And I say Apple podcast, but really it's an Apple TV Plus production is how they're branding. It's an Apple original. It's an Apple TV Plus podcast. It's going to be an accompanying TV show. We're going to get into all of that. But where I wanted to start is, and I'm slightly pleased because when we were chatting before we hit record, we slightly disagreed on this because I, I said this Kelly Gamont on an episode of the Mac Observer's Daily Observations as well. This show is branded an Apple original, but I don't think it's very original. Now, maybe, Jeff, you can give us a little breakdown of what this podcast is and also your take on it. Okay, so the podcast is uh, a narrative diving into the uh, the actions of a U.S. Navy SEAL uh, during uh, um, uh, military actions where uh, he was ultimately accused of and charged with murdering someone it's acting outside the uh, the bounds of his authority and um, he was in the end and this is not spoilers because this is just news it's already happened in the end he was uh, convicted on one of the counts uh, uh related to this and then later received a uh, uh pardon from donald trump and so there's a lot of controversy around this man's actions and uh, and you know killing someone so that's what this show is diving into yeah, so it start again, no spoilers. I, I should say Jeff and I have recorded this after listening to episodes one and two. By the time you hear this show, you probably will be able to listen to episode three as well. So we're talking about episodes one and two. I think probably by the time you listen to it, you should have listened to one and two. So forgive us if, if there's spoilers. Pause this show, listen to episodes one and two of the line, and then come back to us if you need to. But well, it, to be fair, it's like if uh, if we were to talk about how the movie Titanic ends. Sure, there is a little element. Is that really a spoiler? <laughs> yeah, probably I'll, if we said I'll never let go whilst talking about the, the movie Titanic, we're probably not ruining it for too many people. You're right. But um, it's... It is an interesting story. So, as you say, it takes place in military action in Iraq, a group of elite Navy SEALs doing what elite Navy SEALs do. And there is one flashpoint, one incident, and it basically starts with this incident, whereby the commander of this platoon, the leader of this platoon, is accused 
of killing an injured ISIS fighter that the team have captured, or the Iraq, I think it's Iraqi forces that actually captured them and brought them brought this guy to the seals. He's quite a young guy. There's a slight dispute of how old this guy that was killed is. Somewhere, but it sounds sort of somewhere between fourteen and eighteen. I think we can probably surmise he might, you know, maybe sixteen, seventeen, that kind of thing. Um, it's obviously controversial for lots of reasons that we don't need to discuss on this show, but. That's the flashpoint that starts this story. And as you as you rightly say, he is accused of various war crimes and acquitted of all of them, except the picture uh, that they take with the corpse afterwards. The, the trophy photo. The trophy photo, exactly. And we start with that and then we learn a bit more about, first of all, this commander's... Um, backstory we also the and the bit i found most interesting despite my criticisms of it was actually getting to know a little bit more about the navy seals you know these guys are the elite of the elite episode two you hear about how you even get into the navy seals which just sounds the most i mean i felt panicked listening to them describe the process of that um so i don't quite know how anyone endures it in real life and of course not many people can and do and that's what makes the seals what they are um but also it gave good context of how much the role of the seals had changed of how much burden and expectation is placed on these very small number of elite soldiers and so on and and all that's very interesting to listen to but I said this to Kelly and I think I'm being a bit disingenuous, but by the episode, end of episode one, when the host, who is a very good host, um, starts the outro by going, next time, I'm just waiting to go on serial. I think I almost said it out loud. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. to me is the problem. And I know all shows like this kind of live under the shadow of, uh, of serial a bit. But there was nothing in the format, the kind of music, even the tension music that they use, even the type of story they're telling, because series two of serial is about Bo Bergdahl, isn't it? Bo Bergdahl, um, another high profile military story that there was nothing that was original. There was nothing wrong with this show at all that I can pick out. It's, you're quite right when you said it's beautifully produced and the way it's put together is really good. I, uh, what am I missing? Am I being really mean? No, you're not being mean. Um, but at the same time, um, you might, from my perspective, you might be missing uh, what Apple is implying by calling it original. I mean, so look at Serial, uh, look at S Town, and look at the line. And we could throw in several other shows. There's, uh, t- yeah, I mean, but we don't need to. The documentary, true crime, whatever you want to call it, genre right. of podcasting is well populated. Yes, and uh, and there's a formula that works really well to make these uh, these shows uh, more compelling, and and I think Sarah Koenig nailed it. Yes, I mean she nailed it. Some someone needs to make a statue for her, because well, someone needs to do a podcast series about how Sarah Koenig made the first, ser- uh, particularly the first series of Serial. 
I know there's been some posts. I mean, if you speak to Nick Quar, who's been a guest on this show from Hot Pod, he's done episodes where they kind of look at some of the controversy that came out and some of the bits we maybe looking back should have felt a bit more uncomfortable about that mm-hmm. first series of um, Cyril. And that's fair enough. But whatever you think of it, she created the format or certainly popularized the format with that. And show when I listen to shows like this, it just feels more. And it's not that I don't know what Apple is implying when they call it an Apple original. It, I think I, I know I think what they're the, implying. I, I think I just expect better, if that's not too blunt. I, I, I love your bluntness. It's awesome. Because, honestly, we need to be very critical of of shows like this so that we are pushing the producers to create better content and not give us cookie cutter uh, shows. So in one aspect, the line is a cookie cutter show because it follows Sarah's format beautifully. Uh, that format makes this show to me come across very compelling. Uh, the, the first episode it is compelling. I will yeah. listen to the next four episodes. I'm really, I think the way they tell the story of the Navy SEALs and their families is interesting. The way yeah, they episode two is, I, I think a fantastic episode. Yeah. And and it is so interesting. To explain uh, a bit more what happens in episode two. Okay, so episode two, that's where they dive into the uh, the world of the Navy SEALs. Yeah. I mean, who are these people? How do they become Navy SEALs? What are the implications of uh, of taking people that have a uh, a certain type of personality and a certain mindset and then pushing them to limits that go beyond what uh, mere mortals can uh, can handle or sustain, yeah. and then uh, and then taking those few that they can push that far and making them part of this uh, this very very elite marine fighting team, mm. and <clears throat> excuse me, and diving into all of that and what these people endure uh, through training and uh, and then as part of their uh, their career. And what happens after they leave? I mean, that in of itself is so fascinating. If if you don't have an interest in listening to the entire series, I I, I say take episode two as just a standalone thing that you listen to, and just mm-hmm. listen to that because it is fascinating. So very compelling. But to get back to the thing you said about original content, it, an Apple original. So. It's not original in the sense that uh, they came up with a new formula that does something different from what Sarah created. It's it's original in that uh, this is content that Apple is producing and is not being uh, uh, sure. uh, grabbed from somewhere else. Sure, so, I'm being slightly yeah. disingenuous and sort of pl- with a play on words. And they, we should notice, I think it's Jigsaw, isn't it, that's also working with yes. Apple yeah. and this. And look, I think that tells us something as well about how seriously Apple is taking this product project because there are serious players in the podcast game involved in it. Uh, from the yes. host Dan Taberski onwards, you know these are these are serious people. And then we'll we'll come on to the TV bit element of it in a bit. But um, the reason why I'm sort of making a pun on the word original is because I simply don't. I was disappointed that there was nothing groundbreaking in the format. 
And I think your description of it as being a bit cookie cutter is right. If you and I were to draw, you know, we obviously don't have, wouldn't have the resources that they use very well in the show. Oh, yeah, it's a very highly produced show. It's a beautifully produced show. It seems to be from, you know, an outsider, really well researched. I think they spoke to over 50 special operators. They speak to the guy in episode two that I agree with you is really interesting. They speak to uh, the kind of scientist, psychologist, I can't remember what um, trade he's in, what his expertise is, but he's basically, he's an expert recruiter, basically, and he has been assigned he sort of came up with the algorithm that finds Navy SEALs and the mm-hmm. and listening to him speak is really interesting and to have got hold of that guy and to get him on the record is really interesting. And of course, there, they, there is an extensive interview and conversation with Eddie Gallagher, who is the, the SEAL at the heart of all this. So all of that is done really well. But if you and I were to sit down and storyboard a podcast about this story... We could, we would probably have come up with the same format. I, I agree, and yeah. I, I think that's where my disappointment is. There is absolutely nothing bad in this podcast. It is, as you say, brilliantly produced. Seems to be brilliantly researched. The presenting from Dan Taberski is excellent. Is is edited to perfection, but. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So now here's the problem. What would be a more compelling way to present this information in an audio only podcast? Yes. And, uh, and I'm, I'm tossing that out there without having the answer. No, I don't. I, I think it's the right question. I also can't, couldn't profess to have the answer. I wonder if the starting point to the answer is actually, was it a bit... I was going to say unoriginal. Was it a bit sort of an obvious entry point for Apple to do a kind of documentary slash true crime kind of thing? Was that just quite an easy entry point? There's a high profile story. Um, They obviously have teams capable of getting that story. They know people are intrigued by this kind of podcast. We know how popular documentary and true crime podcasts are. It was a fairly low resistance entry point, I would say, for Apple. Oh, absolutely. Um, So on one hand, Apple picked the easy route. Uh, On the other hand, Apple picked the easy route. But that easy route is, is also a very compelling story. And it's something that uh, that is new enough and fresh enough that it's easy to get an audience drawn in because mm-hmm. they're familiar with this. Yeah. I also think what they have done well with this is they're not dragging it out. It's six episodes. They're kind of, they're not very long episodes, about half an hour each, aren't they? Um, I think they're longer than that. Uh, maybe a little but bit, but it, I do. The fact that I'm matter. saying it felt like half an hour tells you, if nothing else, how quick the pace felt. They didn't. Yes. It didn't feel very long. It didn't feel very laboured. They're kind. Of, so maybe it's kind of six hours listening time in total. It's yeah. No lulls. I like that. No, there's there there are other shows in this genre. Yep. Where they they'll have uh, interstitial music, where it goes on too long. Definitely. And, and this, I mean, it, 
I never felt like there was an interstitial music bit anywhere. If there was, it was done so well that I didn't even realize it. Yeah, which, there's background music, but there's none of the cringy cliffhanger attempts. All that yeah, stuff well, is yeah, done really yeah, background well. Background music is it done mo- really well. It moves mm-hmm. at a very good pace. Yes. But the, I, there, there were no lulls for me to catch. I guess that's where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So they're about 40 minutes, the episodes. Okay. Um, um, and all that's, I think that's really good as well because you don't feel like it's a massive commitment. I just would have liked a company of Apple's not only resources, but experience in various ways in the podcasting space and commitment to the podcasting space to have done something a bit more interesting. Like, we have WMYC Studios, we have NPR, we have the BBC. Apple could do something different. They could. Excuse me. The um, the different approach that that comes to mind as I'm thinking about it, that also works really well, but would but would definitely come across as Apple doing a copycat thing. Is my favorite murder. Okay. And uh, uh, for those of you that are not familiar with it's this the way show, you t- it's the way you tell them, Jeff. You better explain quickly what my favorite murder is, otherwise we're going to have knocks on your door very soon probably so it's a it's a uh, uh podcast where these uh, these two women who are comedians each pick a different uh murder case each episode and then they they tell it to each other so they each have their own case and the other one doesn't know what case they're going to hear right and they're since they're comedians there's definitely a lot of comedy to go along with this but their format works really well because you have one person that's genuinely reacting to a story that another person is telling them yeah and yeah and it works really well so there's a fairly similar equivalent show here in the uk called drunk women solving crime oh yes another wonderful show brilliant right three comedians are consistent uh, and again, they're sort of going through a true crime story, and they have a guess. And one of the one of the women ex- is telling the story of whatever this crime is. The others have to sort of navigate and guess the ending, but they're doing it while whilst also having a drink or three. And it's great fun, and it's very clever comedians, and it's really enjoyable. So yeah, they could have done something like that. I, I just, I wonder if they could really have thrown caution to the wind and not done a kind of you know, avoided true crime completely, really delved into some in-depth storytelling. But maybe that this is just Apple dipping its toe in the water uh, and we will see we, we will see them do more of it. I think where Apple can be original and differentiate itself is how it can do things on multi-platform and, you know, mo- different media platforms different media platforms that it owns so mm-hmm. we know for example that this show the line is going to also be related to an apple tv plus documentary it's going to be a four-part limited series directed by jeffrey zimbalist and that's going to be obviously exclusive on apple tv it's all telling the same story but you've now got two different ways of doing it and i wonder if that is the advantage that apple has or will at least claim you know spotify Yes, it can pay Joe Rogan loads of money. It can pay, you know, all sorts of people loads of money. But at the moment, it can't produce accompanying television. 
this whole thing that Apple's doing with the line, I'm finding to be very fascinating. And Isn't I'm it? Re- oh, yeah. I can't wait to see how this plays out with the television part. And one thing that I haven't heard people really talking about is how brilliant this is from a marketing standpoint, because anyone can listen to the podcast and get this this very compelling, very, very well-produced uh, narrative over six episodes that really dives into uh, into the whole Gallagher thing. But if you want to watch the documentary, you need to sign up for Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it slightly disappoints me that they'd use content as an advert but you're you're right that is clearly part of the strategy you give some part of the content away for free you make people pay for the whole package but yeah it it's i mean it's it's a it's a very common thing to do yep and if you do it well well great and and in this case if you choose not to uh to pursue the tv show and get an apple tv plus subscription you still have been given a lot of really interesting content yeah, you've that you been didn't told, have to pay for. Yeah, you've been given a... It's a very good six-part... Well, we assume the next four parts are going to maintain standards or get better. Um, mm-hmm. And if so, it is a worthwhile you know, six hours of your life, given that most of the things we can do at the moment involve walking and listening to podcasts in some format. Um, it right. Is, it, it's definitely a good way to use some of that time. I, I don't disagree at all. Um what it feels to me, and I discussed this a bit with Dave Hamilton when he came on the show to dis- discuss calls, which I don't know if you've seen on Apple TV, which is, but it's an audio-based TV show, if I can put it that way. It's a series of phone calls told with kind of, you know, compelling, it is compelling, it draws you in kind of graphics and visualizations is the way to describe it really. Uh, and again, Dave and I were picking at this. Would it have worked as a podcast? What's Apple really trying to do with this? What? What? Where does this fit into the whole picture of Apple and media? Um, and I think the two things are not totally dis- different, right? That you've got a TV sh- show that you maybe think could be a podcast, but you do sort of get drawn in by reading the the transcript of the conversations as well. You've got a podcast that there's going to be a TV show related to. Suddenly we're we're sort of getting a bit of a better picture of what the final jigsaw puzzle is going to be, aren't we? Yes. Uh, And while we both agree that, uh, that this specific show is done with a cookie cutter format for the true crime format, I think Apple's actually being really smart with the way they're going about this because they they are approaching their their content from I I hate to use this word but it's also appropriate from a holistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the appropriate word. Yeah, it's I mean I okay, so I live in Boulder and holistic is used in a, in a lot of ways inappropriately here. <laughs> Hence, hence my reticence to use the word. <laughs> no, but, but you mean as a whole pa- whole thing. It's not just about the individual product. It's about how it fits into the whole the, the whole ecosystem of Apple's media offering. Yes. Uh, the, the other company that I see doing this really well right now is Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. And, and they're doing it from an entertainment 
perspective, like strictly entertainment perspective, but they have movie content. They have television content. They have uh, podcast content, both audio and video. And all of this works together to create this massive and highly successful media empire. Plus those little things called comic books. Right. Oh my God. Okay. That's funny. I completely forgot to include the print side of this. Which is the whole but yes. I mean they, it all came from for Marvel. Right. And uh and stashed away in the closet behind me, there are literally boxes packed with uh with comic books. So you'd think I would have thought to, to I didn't like to too. make the point, but well, that's all right. Someone had to make it. I'm glad yeah. it was you. But uh yeah, it's I think that's a very interesting, Apple and versus Marvel is a very interesting comparison because both these are both companies with huge resources. They are both companies, mm-hmm. the, the, the advantage Marvel slash Disney has over Apple is of course brand recognition. Nothing that Apple is producing because it is original shows as yet has any brand recognition. There's a few things that are getting there, um, but not much. You know, maybe Ted Lasso is a brand that has expanded outside of the Apple world. Just yeah, Ted Lasso definitely. Um, I don't think, but it, Ted Lasso came into the Apple world from outside the Apple world. Very good point. Yes, it was an M- NBC, the NBC Adverts Festival. Mm-hmm. And Jason Stakes obviously he came from SNL, didn't he? Yes. So yeah, I, they didn't create the character of Ted Lasso. You're absolutely right. Um, so that maybe that tells us something as well. But yeah, I do think the comparison is a good one that these two companies kind of can go hammer and tong at creating a meet kind of keep calling it, kind of multiverse, a multimedia world where they're offering different things. And the line is clearly this is a very typical Apple way of doing things, isn't it, Jeff? You know, you've covered the covered the company long enough that. Mm-hmm. Apple dipping its toe into something, doing it neatly but not very expansively, is a very Apple way to approach this kind of thing. Right. And it should also concern their competitors. Okay. Because, because uh, you know, Apple has a modus operandi here, and they are following yes. their, their uh, normal blueprint for new products and services. And So what we're seeing right now is Apple has been slowly dipping in to this space and we've gotten Ted Lasso or Lasso, Ted Lasso, which, which is clearly a runaway hit and uh, absolutely amazing show. Uh, But then there's also things like the morning show, which uh, is more controversial as far as, as who likes it and who doesn't. But uh uh, it's a, it's a show that was up for awards as well. It is yep, a very well serious done show. awards, big serious actors, yeah. And then you've got mm-hmm. a Mar- you've got Martin Scorsese films about to eventually, if they ever finish filming the damn thing, arrive right. on they, TV. Uh, well. Apple snatched up Greyhound. Greyhound, that yeah, Tom Hanks big movie, exactly. So yes, you're right. It is following a modus operandi. So genuine question is just as we kind of bring this conversation to a close. If you mm-hmm. were a Spotify executive. And you were looking at Apple do the line, would you be worried? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason I would be worried is because 
uh, Apple has has given us a very solid track record over the years. Um, and, and you can look at it from the hardware side if you want. Uh, look what they did in the portable music player space. And that was a space where where uh, they were predicted to fail miserably, and then yeah. they moved from that into the uh, into the mobile phone space and uh, at smartphones How's specifically. That uh, th- you know, it, it seems like uh, like Apple's doing okay. I think he's with, going uh, all right. With the smartphone space, mm-hmm. yeah. So we we have just those two things right there that that we can talk about. Uh, and uh, and then project out where they've gone with uh, with other things that they've done. Uh, I mean, look look how app stores are are viewed now. Mm-hmm. Well, you can thank Apple for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, and so now you can project out from that. Where is Apple going with this entertainment venture? Ha ha ha! Who wants a drop? Who wants a watch made by Apple? Oh right, yeah, yeah. There, there's out, that whole watch thing. Yeah, yep. it turns out quite a lot of people. Oh, no one's going to buy a giant iPhone as a tablet. Yeah, it turns out that. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I think do. that's a fair point. I think media is a different game, though. Um, yes, I think, but look at who Apple hired yes. to manage their media for them. Yes, they that telegraphed out right there that that uh, uh, Apple is out for blood, so to speak in the entertainment space they they see themselves uh, over time as a hardcore serious competitor to netflix to amazon to hulu Mm -hmm. to uh to hbo max Mm -hmm. and we can go down the line apple wants to be a real contender in this space i think that's right and i've covered a sort of steady flow of very serious people with very serious cvs coming into apple from other very serious media companies, whether they're going into Apple Music, whether they're going into TV Plus, they mm-hmm. you're absolutely right to point out the executive hires. And the point is they didn't just happen once. They didn't just hire Jamie Ehrlich and Zach Van Amberg and let them get on with it and leave them on their own. They have consistently hired, as I say, serious people with serious CVs. And... So maybe, I was going to say warning shot, but that doesn't seem appropriate when discussing the line. But maybe that is what the line is. It's just a little little hint of what Apple could potentially do when it really flexes its muscles in this space. Right. And Apple has a lot of money that they can throw at at winning. Yes. Yes, it turns out $2.2 trillion goes quite a long way. Yes, it does. Yes. Well, $2.2 trillion is almost the fee you get for being on this show. So thank you so much for joining me, Jeff. And I'm I'm so glad that you invited me on. And $2.2 trillion, um, next time we'll have to bump it up to that since we're almost there. It just seems Okay, over. like, we'll, yeah, we're doing two this time around. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you back, Jeff. Where can people ca- catch up with you and keep up with what you're working on? Uh, I'm easy to find on social media. Uh, I'm Jay Gamut on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, uh, just a few days ago, I was on Apple Context Machine with Brian Chaffin. Yes, I had to invite you on because I got jealous that Brian got you. So I had to have you back. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank so you. I was like, no, Brian yeah. doesn't get all the Jeff time. 
uh, I am pretty much a, a regular now on Mac Voices Live on Tuesday yep. evenings, which is loads of fun. Kelly's on that. Kelly Gumont, she's on that uh, a lot as well. So that's fun to, to get to spend time with her every week. And um, uh, yeah, I'm bouncing around doing a lot of shows right now. So I'm easy to find. So keep up with Jeff on various shows. You can obviously keep up with me on this show at themacobserver.com and at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to you coming back on the show when Apple has released a groundbreaking new podcast and you can tell me why I'm wrong. But until (laughs) then, do subscribe to the show and I'll see you next time.